0: This morning I'm excited about our message, I I really am, I think we'll have a great time. It's going to reinforce some of the things that we've spoken about over the last, uh, really over the last couple months, so let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and we'll kick this off. Jesus, I thank you for this morning, it's a gift from you, we thank you Father for a day that we'll never see again, so let us make the most of it as men of God, in Jesus name, amen. The title of this message, I titled it, When Life is Never Enough. There ever been times when life is just never enough? When you feel like you, you, you want more, you could use more, you, could, you, you wished you had more, you wished you uh, had accomplished more in life, maybe you're not as far down the road at this time at your age that you would like to have been or like to be. There are those times that uh, life just seems like it's, it's unfair, it's definitely unequal, and that's okay, by the way, you know, as men, we have to learn that, that hard lesson that it's not, it's not fair, it's not equal, you know this. But sometimes what happens when we feel like life is not enough, then we begin to live a life of lack. And when we live a life of lack, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. So what Jesus is looking for us men to do is to have life and have it in abundance. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be wealthy riches it means that you're going to be wealthy in life that every day just as today is going to be a gift to you and you're going to see it as a gift and so your day is going to be full and it's going to be full of what God intended for it to be but if you live a life of lack then you'll begin to think that life the life that you have is never going to be enough and what happens when someone feels like that their life is not enough we begin to wonder We begin to wonder, isn't it interesting until really the more recent years, this isn't necessarily a true statistic for the last five to ten years, but isn't it interesting that uh, when you heard of affairs happening, who did you hear had the affair, the man or the woman? The man, you know, uh, well, I need to be careful, I don't need to chase that rabbit. Right, I mean, you always heard of the the man having the affair. Now I don't know who he was having the affair with because I never mentioned the woman. But but for some reason, it, it seemed like it always was the man's problem, the man's fault. And in many ways, that is true. Because when life is never enough, then you begin to to look elsewhere. You no longer keep Jesus in your scope, but your your pericope, if you will, your your focus, your vision definitely expands. In Matthew chapter twenty six, uh, we see Judas and we see the story. Of Judas playing out and this is the thing with Judas is that Judas he walked with Jesus he did all these things with Jesus but it's interesting that no matter what he saw or no matter how powerful the Lord was right before him it was never enough life was just not enough Matthew 26 14 then one of the twelve named Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said what are you willing to give me to betray him to you now uh, right here he has been walking with Jesus, Now he's saying, hey, I can be bought off. If I were to ask you, what does it take in life to buy you off, what would it be? What are you willing to make the exchange for? Is there anything out there that is so good, that's so great, that's so much more grand in your life that would take your attention this morning? And you would say, if I won the lottery, I might trade my faith for it. If I could move to Alaska and hunt Kodiak bears, I'm not saying that's me, I'm just saying for the rest of my life, that would it be worth the exchange for me? The word goes on to say, and they weighed out 30 pieces of silver to him. From then on, he began looking for a good opportunity to betray Jesus. Isn't that interesting? This is what it means. It means that he took his eyes off of Jesus, Hebrews tells us what to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And here is what it says. It says, from then on, he began looking, so he was looking elsewhere. When his eyes once were fixed on Jesus, now they're no longer fixed on Jesus, and now they're fixed on worldly things because his life was never enough. And as he looked at worldly things, then look what happens. He begins to say, I'm willing to betray my Jesus for whatever this life can give me. See, a man who walked with Jesus, that one, at some particular time, you know, Jesus walked by and even called Judas, I'm sure, and said, Judas, hey, you come follow me. He witnessed firsthand the miracles, signs, and wonders of Jesus. He could feel the empowerment, I'm sure, when he was around, because he was around the God who created the heavens and the earth, the stars and the sky. He's around the one who, who can cause earthquakes, did cause an earthquake, and, and, and all these things. I mean, every, he holds the world in his hands. He's walked with this guy, but it wasn't enough. Is life enough for you this morning? See, the minute he began looking elsewhere, he looked for good opportunities to betray Jesus. His eyes were no longer focused on Jesus, but they were focused on the world. And not only had he been somewhat empty while he was following Jesus, because he still had more of himself than he did more of God's call in his life, he, he, as he walked away from Jesus, he became more and more frustrated with life. Thirty pieces of silver wasn't enough. If you know how the story ends, Judas finds himself before the chief uh, priest again, and he throws the thirty pieces of silver, the, bags of, the bag of silver, back at him, you know, and And he runs off, and there's a couple of accounts on how he dies, but neither one of them are good. And that's Judas. That's where he winds up in life, because life was never enough. See, his whole direction changed when he took his eyes off Jesus, and he looked for a good opportunity to betray him. When our eyes leave what they're supposed to be on, we become vulnerable. Direction, we always say, determines our destination, but oftentimes it's things or people that grab our attention and they impact our direction. For instance, temptations. When something grabs your attention, it influences your direction. It impacts and has the power to impact your entire life. Some good examples of things that grabbed our attention, uh, they're out there. If you have a good, loving, godly wife, at some point in time, she grabs your attention. Right? I mean, that's, that's a good thing. If you have a bad Evil, red-legged wife. If you were here last night, you know where that term comes from, right? Uh, I, my heart goes out to you, okay? I better not chase that one. But what grabs our attention, right, gets our direction so oftentimes there are people you wish you had never met, I'm sure, in your life. Relationships that you wish you had never said yes to. There are business opportunities possibly that you should have ignored websites you wish you hadn't ever visited, voicemails you wish you hadn't ever returned. I, years ago, when the Internet was still fairly new, I was pastoring uh, there in Happy, Texas, and we had probably the slowest Internet connection. I mean, we tried I tried to do school online, you know, and it had a 14-4 modem. So when I would send it, send all my paperwork, they might get half of it. One day and the other half the next day. They might not get it at all. The cyberspace just seemed to consume it, you know, back in the day. And, and seminary was new online, and it was a difficult thing. But I remember one time I was reading through my messages, and all of a sudden, it was my name, and it, it, it had a familiar name that I knew years ago, uh, something like Gloria wants to get in touch with you. And, and over here, there were these eyes that were blinking. And you may yeah, Beret, you got the same one, didn't you? You know Gloria too. But anyway. That that so so you know, and and this is like saying when the internet was brand new. I didn't know anything about the internet and I clicked on it and thought, huh, I wonder what she's doing. Well I found out. And and we wish those things in life wouldn't happen. We wish that we would never see. Now, for instance, she came up partial at a time. You know, it was back when the screens used to come up this way, you know, and Anyway, you don't need to go down that road, Curtis. Oh. But there are things that grab our attention that have the possibility or the potential to try to convince us that what we have in life is not enough. On every path that that leads to disaster, you know, the reason we choose those paths is because we're always, there's always something trying to get our attention. There's something attractive. There there might be something emotionally engaging in those paths. And that attention tends to influence our direction. And if we're not careful, if men, if we are not men of forethought, but we're simply men of afterthought, then we become very vulnerable. And the afterthought can win the direction that we're going in. That's how we got to choose to be proactive, not reactive. See, not only are the things that grab our attention, there are things out there that grab our attention, but there are things we choose to pay attention to. Now listen, I'm going I'm to show you a couple of differences in a couple of sentences here real quick. When something grabs our attention, it's all about our emotion. When something grabs our attention, it's all about our emotion. When we pay attention to something, it's all about our intentionality. Probably should have done overheads for this one, but I finished it up late. Okay, I'll, I'll read that again. When something grabs our attention, it's all about our emotion. Okay, so in other words, when we're reactionists, so all of a sudden Judas says, you know what, my relationship with Jesus uh, can be bought. If somebody would pay me a little more, and I don't know how you, you know, <laughs> we are bought with a price, and that price is definitely the entire amount of blood that Jesus had in his body. I don't know what would be worth more than that, but Judas decided 30 pieces of silver at some point in time because his life was not enough. When something grabs our attention, it's all about our emotion but when we pay attention to something it's all about our intentionality in other words one is really more proactive and the other one is more reactive this is why a lot of people when when they're really mad after i preach on sunday morning because you know this sunday i just threw myself in the fire just real quick I, my attention portion i had to mention the shootings in florida found out later you probably shouldn't do that um but I'm, I'm wiser than that, right? And so everybody's emotions flaring. I don't react to that because it's just emotion. Let everything calm down, and then we can have a rational conversation about it. Because our emotions, when our emotions get a hold of us, they, they grab our attention, and a lot of times we speak out, speak out of emotion instead of being intentional about what we're saying. Looking back, there's probably a lot of things that you wished you'd have paid attention to. Not had things grab your attention but paid attention to like your health like money marriage you know the lives of your kids your faith all those things become important as you get a little bit older as you as you grow and you see the circle of life really beginning to to come around those things you wished you to paid attention to you're going man i better pay attention to them now And right now, you've chosen to pay attention to some things in your life. And I'll tell you this, right now, there are some things that are grabbing your attention. Here's my observation of my own life, just thinking on this, thinking through it last night. The things that grab my attention are generally dangerous. The things that I pay attention to are generally the things that set me up for success. It can go either way. Regardless, right now, whatever has grabbed your attention or you're paying attention to is impacting the direction of your entire life. And one is going to tell you that you have enough in life, and the other one is going to say life is never enough. See, attention impacts our direction, but direction impacts our destination. And that's why we've got to be proactive in all that we do and all that we become fortunately god has invited us you know into this relationship with him and here's what i know so i'm not going to leave you just out there hanging you may say well then you know golly there's a lot of things that grab my attention if you're a young man i know when i was a young man i share this story a lot but when i was a young man uh, just got out of the army i mean i've been living with men for four years i i get out and and women are really a lot more attractive after that right <laughs> i mean i was still young i was like golly man they're really pretty all of them and uh um i remember just uh praying and asking the lord to to give me some revelation on that and and he gave me psalm 119 9 how can a young man keep his way pure by keeping it according to Thy word and i wrote that scripture and i taped it to the dash of my pickup so that when i'd start thinking my mind would start wondering that i would be able to say hey i need to keep it on god's word. what's god's word telling me but when you're young men young men listen to me when you're young I know that there are a lot of things that can grab your attention very quick and we can make emotional responses. We're we're a lot more emotionally charged when we're younger. If you can get that today and understand how to, to recognize your emotion and then know this, that God never leaves you alone. That God is always trying to provide a way of escape for you. You know, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 reminds us that no temptation has overtaken us but that which is common to man and God is faithful and will not let us be tempted beyond what we are able to endure but the last of that I really like it goes on to say Paul goes on to say and with that temptation will provide a way of escape sometimes we're just simply not looking for the way of escape we're emotionally charged we're running straight in it's like someone has just fired bullets over our head and we said hey the enemy's there. I'm going to run and chase him. And your sergeant saying, no, stay in the foxhole. It's dangerous when you jump out right now. You might get hit, but it's an emotionally charged decision. Here's the neat thing. So the Lord gives us ways through his word and, and what he tells us. Psalm 119, 35 and 37 says, direct me in the path of your commands. For there I find a light. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Turn my eyes away from the things of the world or things that are worthless so that I can be effectual for your kingdom. See, it's the power of prayer. Because I focus on worthless things, look, I'm drawn in the direction of worthless things. Every one of us could tell a story when something turned our eyes or our attention and we wished we would never have gone there. I asked last night in the Freedom in Christ after, uh, after the second innocence talk, and Bobby, Where's Bobby this morning? Okay, that's a good cover-up for the brother. Thank you. Right? So Bobby gave, he gave the second innocence talk last night, and, and, you know, when he got done, I stood up and I said, at what age is it okay for you to lose your innocence? And, you know, some men have different thoughts on that, maybe 13, maybe 18, maybe 21. I mean, in the Army, it's funny because it was 21 Uh, was the drinking age but if you were stationed at a specific post uh, which i was (laughs) at fort huachuca you could drink on post at 18. let me just ask you this question what age is it okay to lose your innocence see if i change that question up a little bit i'm going to really get your attention at what age is it okay for your kids to lose their innocence you're going to sit out there and say never (laughs) that's what you it's not okay for my children to lose their innocence ever And God's intention with the Garden of Eden was a place where their innocence would never be lost. I didn't share all this last night, but I sure thought on it last night. God's intention in the Garden of Eden was that his children would never lose their innocence. So the serpent comes in, if you will, the enemy comes in, and what does he go for? He goes after their innocence. And I know this because of the question that God asked. The two were, you know, God comes walking through the garden. He says, Adam, where art thou? And you remember Adam says, well, I was naked, so I hid myself. Who told you you were naked? When did you lose your innocence? You see, it's never okay. It's not God's intention. It's not our intention for ourselves. This is why we have to pay attention at what grabs our attention. Does that make sense? We have to pay attention to what grabs our attention. Proverbs 425 through 27. Let your eyes look directly forward. You know, Solomon's writing here. I love this, King Solomon. Let your eyes look directly forward. Solomon wrote this to young men. Generally, the things that grab your attention are not straight in front of you. They're to your left or to your right. You've turned your head from your goal. I don't know how many people I've I've heard that going through college, and what happens? <laughs> Something grabbed their attention. I worked for a man who is a red raider fan to the core loves the texas tech red raiders but he'll say i never graduated i made it down to my last semester something grabbed his attention the partying the booze the women all the things that look to steal his destination now fortunately he got back on track there's a good story and that's well i won't chase that rabbit But our God is a God of restoration and reconciliation for sure. And then he goes on, Solomon goes on to say, and your gaze be straight before you. So fix your gaze, be intentional about what you're resting your eyes upon. Pay attention to certain things. He goes on to say in verse 26, now I'm in Proverbs 4 if you're not there, Proverbs 4, 26. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil and he goes on to have some more explanation there it's a great great passage for men to read proverbs chapter 4 but i just want you to see that there are things out there that grab our attention that we must pay attention to because if you feel like life owes you something that life is never enough men then pay attention because something's looking to grab your attention and pull you away from your destination. Matthew 6, 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. You know, they would walk with oil lamps because there was no electricity. Wherever the light went, their entire body went. Your eye, the things you gaze or pay attention to are like a lamp or a light of your entire life. And what has our attention is where we're headed. If your eyes are healthy, Jesus goes on to say, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are focused on good things, it will impact your entire life. The opposite is true as well. The things you choose to pay attention to direct your life. Hebrews 2.1, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Perfect scripture for this morning's message, man. Hebrews 2.1, We must pay more attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. There was another man in Scripture that drifted drifted away. You can go and read about him in Luke chapter 22, and what you'll find is that before Peter denied Jesus, in which he said he would not do, right there it says that, that Peter followed from a distance. So the more he drifted away, the more vulnerable he became. Does that make sense? So things that grab our attention oftentimes cause us to drift further away, and there is no doubt that we become more vulnerable, not only to temptation, but to missing our mark that God intended us to hit in this life. So I would ask you this morning, what's got your attention? Are you paying attention? Men, are we paying attention with our time spent with Jesus? Maybe you used to spend more time with God, but something has grabbed your attention, has grabbed your time. What about your marriage this morning, man? Are you paying attention to your marriage or is your marriage on autopilot this morning? That's easy for me to do. Hey, I hadn't seen my kid. I'm preaching, sure I hadn't seen my kids in two days. Sunday, I was up here from early in the morning all the way, never moved my vehicle. Yesterday, never moved my vehicle from 8.20 till what 10 9 30 last night Brett and I finished cleaning up never moved it for lunch I get it And if we're not careful if we don't pay attention to what we're doing we'll live life on autopilot this is my life this is my call and I can sometimes forget the season I'm in as far as raising kids and the busyness of my wife with four children see this this may be an escape but I won't go down that road let's talk about your problems and not mine anyway are you paying attention to your health this morning? It's not about where you're at today, but it's about where you're headed. You know, I, I had an aunt and uncle come in last week to see my dad. He was in the hospital, and uh, this uncle is quite a bit younger than my dad. It's his brother, and I mean, he's really big old stout, big guy. He's a man's man. He, he came in. He had one of those... Uh, uh, you thank you, thank you, Brett. Beanies. I wanted to say toboggan, and I know that that term's out now. You can't say toboggan. People think they don't even know what that term is. Anyway, he had a beanie on. All right, a black beanie, and he had it propped up like Rocky, you know, on one side, and it was going down this way. Kind of looked like a beret, not this beret, but it looked like a beret. And uh, he was he was so funny because uh, he, he was just so full of life, and he brought so much life in there. And his wife came in. And I was concerned about her coming in. I mean, this is my aunt, but she smoked all of her life. And I was like, you know, Dad's in the hospital, and you know, that smoke smell gets on you and everything. She came in there, and she didn't smell like smoke, and she was so happy, and she was just visiting with everyone. And I got to talking to her, and she said, you know, um, I started thinking that my destination wasn't going to be going to land at a real good place, so I quit. And my whole life, I, I've known her. It just, I said, how'd you quit? She said, I just quit. I don't know how she did it, guys, but she started paying attention right to her health. I'm not after you if you're smoking, but pay attention. Relationships. We've got to pay attention to our relationships this morning, man. Uh, And pay attention to those who try to grab your relationship. Sometimes you need to say no to more relationships. You need to create margin depending on the season of your life. And that's okay because everybody's going to want a piece of you. That's just, that's just how it works. And, and look, the brighter the light of Christ shines in you and the, the clearer your eyes are as you follow Him, it's attractive. And men are, are needing direction Uh, women are needing direction, this world is needing direction, and they see someone focused and heading for a destination, and what you'll find out, man, I got this guy now that's talking to me, and this guy calls, now this guy's getting mad because I don't have time to go to lunch with him, and da-da-da-da-da-da. I mean, it's a pastor's life, really, but I will tell you that you've got to sometimes say no to more relationships and create margin for the season you're in. If If your marriage is suffering, it's time to create that margin. Start saying no to some things and start saying yes to her. Raising your kids. It's tough. You know, I told you last year, I walked by my son's room early in the morning. I thought of this last night. And I backed up. And I said, but Lord, I never got to say goodbye. I mean, yesterday he was a little boy going with me everywhere, and now there's a man laying in his bed. And it's like I never got to say goodbye. you got to pay attention because something has your child's attention as well right now. I don't know what it is, but there are so many temptations and so many influences out there that it's trying to grab their attention as well. Many times, you know, the development of a child's faith only becomes urgent when parents realize that their child has none. They don't have a faith. Right now, your child is engaged in something great or something not so great because the world is trying to grab their attention with all that it has. If you don't pay attention to their walk with Jesus at home, you're missing a huge window of opportunity. Now, I can say this. You know, Wade had his 16th birthday a couple of weeks ago, and I wrote him a long letter. And But on the outside of the envelope, I put a scripture on there, and he had to look it up. matter of fact, it wasn't just one scripture. It was an entire chapter I wanted him to read. And I didn't know if he, you know, young man, oh, here's another letter from Dad. He doesn't get real excited about my letters. Anyway, he so said he can't read my handwriting. But... He has it, and, and uh, I get home that afternoon from work, and, and he comes in there, and he said, Dad, that may have been one of the best chapters in the Bible I ever read. Thanks. And I wasn't expecting him to read what I put on the outside. I just thought some additional information would be good if he decided. You never know. we got to pay attention to what grabs their attention. Our wives, we got to pay attention to what's grabbing their attention. Our friends, our closest people, that God has put us with, we need to pay attention to what's grabbing their attention. Men, when we begin to pay attention, then here's the cool thing that happens. Life is always enough. And you want more of it because we're walking in the abundance of life. We're walking one with another. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for these men. As we go over our questions, our scriptures this morning, Father, continue to uh, raise us up as the men that you've called us to be and become in your name. Amen.